Snap Studios. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome back to Snap Judgment, WNYC Studios. We're diving into a very different type of story. Picture this. It's a few days before Christmas, 1981. 2 a.m. You're driving around town in a stolen vehicle. You are high. And then you hear the familiar sound of sirens behind you. You're being pulled over. Nick Yaris, he remembers the flashing lights seeing the officer walk up to his car. At the time, he's a 20-year-old screw-up living in Chester, Pennsylvania. An addict. A thief. He remembers the officer knocking on the door, then ripping it open, grabbing him by the shirt, lifting him out of the car. Nick remembers what the pressure of the officer's forearm felt like, pushing against his throat, that he was unable to breathe. He remembers pushing the officer's arm away from him. When the officer reaches for his holster, Nick pushes his arm forward again to protect himself. And he remembers the discharge of the gun. No one was hurt. Nick remembers the officer shoving him into the back of the patrol car, the officer looking at him through the rearview mirror. He says he saw the officer compose himself. And then, in a panicked voice, yell into his radio. Shot fired! Shot fired! Officer assist! Help! Help! He's attacking me! He remembers that as the moment that he was doomed to pay for a crime he did not commit. Our story begins with what Nick Yaris thought was the worst day of his life. Snap judgment. Everything was bleak. They dropped the world on me, didn't they? Kidnapping, attempted murder of a police officer, reckless endangerment, possession of a firearm. No way to get anybody to ever believe you. You're a junkie, a thief, and a liar. Sitting in a jail cell, facing life imprisonment, missing Christmas and the only thing I had in that cell was a December 16th Delaware County Daily Times newspaper with the front page missing and there on page three was the caption about the homicide of Linda May Craig mother of three missing found dead 
And then it reported that Linda May Craig was last seen leaving the Tri-State Mall at 4.05 p.m. Her car would be found that night between Delaware and Pennsylvania. The engine was still running, but the doors were locked. Mrs. Craig's body would be found the next morning by two schoolchildren walking through a snow-covered car parking lot behind a church. She had been stabbed and dumped there. If you know anything, please contact the Delaware County CID. I read it and put it away. The idea in my head started this way. If I knew something about something like that, I'll bet you I could get out of here. So in my head, I made up a story. I picked out a man who had robbed me previously. I was told by a guy in my neighborhood that he had died of a drug overdose in the state of New Jersey. I figured, if I told the police that this man committed this murder of an unsolved crime and that he confessed to me about it, I could get out of these false charges against me. They would let me out on bail and I could run away. I laid there in my bed for two solid days telling myself this story. And then all of a sudden, this guard starts talking to me. Had that officer not come up to me right at that moment, I don't think I ever would have done this. Do you ever look at someone's face when they pity you because they look at you and you're disheveled and you look like you're a mess? Well, that officer was looking at me like I was a pitiful mess. I was a 20-year-old drug addict and a thief who was facing life imprisonment, and he had probably seen a bunch of them, just like me, wasters, and I was just going to start doing the wheel forever. He called me out of the bed. He was like doing a mental health check. Are you okay? And I said, I have something to tell you. And I start telling him this crazy story. It was like soon as I started it, that was it. I was locked into it. And I started lying more. And he goes running off to get the sergeant and the warden. And it was like a miraculous change. They took me out of solitary confinement, bought me a Coca-Cola, told me I was an amazing person. The warden of Delaware County Prison, he kept telling me again and again what a good thing this was. This is so good, he kept saying. This is going to get you out of all your troubles and we're going to fix things. In April of 1982, I went to trial 
for the attempted murder and kidnapping of Officer At my trial, terminologies used flew past my ears without me understanding. I had probably had an eighth grade education reading level. My reading comprehension was very low. I was very vulgar. I had no patience for language. I didn't speak correctly. And it was so humiliating to me that I was going through the process of my life being taken from me so ignorantly. Officer was invited to testify first and in very elaborate form told the jury how I took his firearm from him. He said that I had struck him a total of five times, including once had I hit him in the face with his pistol. He had a photograph taken of his hand showing a two and a half centimeter scratch, he said, that proved everything he said was true. And my lawyer was very clever, so he only asked the man one question. If Nicholas Harris hit you in the face five times, and one of those times was even with a metal pistol, why wouldn't you photograph your face of the damages that were obviously there when your eyeglasses were broken and you were assaulted? An officer was frozen in that moment of realizing he had been caught out. The jury took 15 minutes to decide my fate and found me not guilty of all charges. On the Tuesday morning that I was meant to be released, I was instead put into the custody of two officers who took me to the warden's office. There was no more smiling faces and a receptive warmth. They said to me, you lied to us. They went and interviewed the man who had robbed me previously. He didn't die of a drug overdose, his brother did. The police found out he had an alibi and he got off of drugs. So I was banking on a person being dead that was alive. I was told in no uncertain terms what a liar I was. How could I do this to them? It's obviously because you killed Mrs. Craig, isn't it? And I looked at them like they had lost their minds. I was like, no, 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 it didn't, no. So I was now being charged with the rape and murder of Linda Mae Craig because of a stupid story I made up in a newspaper article. My downfall was my own stupid mouth. <laughs> 